0: evening my dogs here we are uh i can see our little jody coming back fresh from the pasha and Ibiza, Ibiza probably or not we'll figure that out in a second this is the lifestyle athlete speaking live from amsterdam checking in with a new podcast my main man have you got any highs and lows
1: i've got a lot of lows mate i haven't got many highs
0: <laughs> what are the lows then
1: lows the big low for me was the race mate absolutely terrible like one of the worst i've done uh had nothing, but just had nothing in nothing in the tank at all like uh on the run i felt do you want to go
0: in depth into the race right straight away or do you want to
1: we'll go into it later but that's basically that's 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 a big that's a big low mate for me um other than that phew, god have i got any other lows not really i am really got any other highs like to be honest like um Getting some sun was probably about the only high, really, about going to Ibiza. Like, that was quite nice. It was good to see other people and stuff and have a bit of a social, so you know, and a catch-up. So that was that was always good, isn't it? Many junkyard um, dogs? Loads of junkyard dogs. I got I got loads of people doing that to me out on the run course um, and while I was out there. Like, that was really good.
0: All right, last one. Any highs?
1: <sighs> That's basically the high, mate. That was... <laughs> all right fair enough
0: um well for me thanks for asking
1: yeah what about Um, you
0: (laughs) are you tuned in or are you a bit bit are you a bit down
1: uh i'm better better than what i have been like i was i was uh worse after the race and like the Mm -hmm. day after but like not so bad today you know feeling better than what i did do but i was really disappointed after it yeah
0: yeah of course you put uh your whole uh heart and soul into it and you just want to have a good result don't you yeah um yeah don't don't underestimate the fact that you just uh become a dad like i said on instagram like literally it's a bit more than a month ago you've been traveling out to texas and back and uh it's all the little things that brings uh stress and um inconsistency and then on a professional athlete it just has a a massive outcome really i i had i have been there in in uh in in Twente, and i can tell you one thing joe um maybe at the time when you're going through it you, you're thinking like oh no i feel fit i don't think the travel really had that impact or having a bit of a newborn but it's a life-changing event mate and uh it will take yeah. a couple of months probably for
1: you to to settle in and uh, to be a- and once I got, <coughs> once I got back from Texas as well, I got, we got told that our, uh, my nan would only have a couple of days to live as well. Literally the day after I got back from Texas. So like had to, we seeing her in the hospital and stuff because we thought she was going to pass away. Like luckily she hasn't, she's actually somehow recovered a bit, but the doctors told us and said she could, she's literally going to go anytime in the next couple of days. So If you want to see her, you need to get over there. Mm-hmm. So I had that as well in, in between. And that was, uh, pretty bad because uh you you weren't really expecting that to happen all of a sudden you know um yeah and of course bad news.
0: yeah well there you go you know there's there's so many different forms of emotion what you have at the time and um it just takes time to to uh process it all and uh and it's hard really to say to say on top of your game in, in times like that and to be honest there is not a single fucking dog out there that cares if you have a bad race i mean they care as much about you if you have a good race or a bad one because you've proven yourself over the long distance as an athlete already multiple times. And uh, it's, in the end, the character of an athlete that makes the person who you are instead of only winning the races.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I was so tempted to to pull out of that race as well. You know, uh, like, but then I thought, you know, that's uh, the easy option, isn't it? You know, like it is the easy option. Like, yeah, you know.
0: Well, we'll uh, we'll talk about the uh, the abitha race uh, in a bit. What's, from, from, what's your highs and lows from then? A to Z. Well, my high is probably that I'm in a, um, I'm just in a good rhythm. I'm just in good rhythm with training. Finally, the consistency. I'm waking up in the morning, mate, and I'm I'm flipping smiling. and thinking like I want to get fit. I've um, been clocking some good miles on the bike. Now starting with some intensity. Same on the run. Just started doing like 30 k's a week, 40 this week slowly with some intensity as well. Got my, Some people were saying, when can we see the lifestyle athlete on stage again? Well, he is performing the end of May slash beginning of June with a uh, small local race and then the Dutch championship half distance as a uh, leg opener uh, halfway June. And then as the big race, first big race, IMN Switzerland, because it was so cheap over there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a bargain place.
0: It's a bargain, no, because I uh, I really love that race. It's a nice race, and I uh, I, I love that course. I've got good memories uh, about that race. And
1: they might have a short and swim again.
0: They might have a short and swim. <laughs> they might have a short and swim. Uh, well, if you really want short and swim, just just sign up for Ironman South Africa. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but now um, a low a low have I got a low? I don't even know.
1: It's just. So happy now you've moved to Amsterdam, like a different person.
0: Um, <clears throat> well, I I lived in the Hague for a long time, and I had loads of my mates there, and I had a good time in the Hague. But training wise, Amsterdam is so much better, like so much better. Really,
1: What's better than the Hague
0: because I've got a pool two hundred meters from my house. I can literally just walk there, get a nice session in, come back. um The gym is there over there as well, so I don't have any time fucking around with travel. um I'm out of the city with my bike in literally a K or two Ks. And um, like for running, it's amazing. Loads of people that I can train with at daylight, not as a nighthawk. Um, it's just good. It's good, mate. <coughs> what about you? Are the pensioners fit again? Ready the uh, after, their, after their world champ titles? Are they fit again to train with the big dog?
1: Pensioner, mate, the, was the, the only one to get the world championship title. There's one ch- world champion in our group, and it's the oldest guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's flying the flag for the Norwich, uh, for us Norwich. He is. And he is lining up on the start line soon. He's got a little half Ironman, um on the 4th of June, and I'm trying to tempt him into doing, which I was going to ask you about doing as well, challenge Gerrardsbergen on the 11th of June. Do you think the pensioner's got it in him to do back-to-back half Ironmans, or is that too much?
0: Back-to-back half Ironmans. Oh, mate, don't pull his heart out yet, you know?
1: I said he could do a relay with the other, with Isn't he
0: like 70 and you wanted to do him like
1: Uh, two? 67 this year.
0: 67, you want him to do two Man two half Ironmans in seven days. He wasn't,
1: (laughs) yeah, but I said, (laughs) but I said he could.
0: (laughs) Let's test your heart for a minute.
1: (laughs) I said to him he could uh, do a relay with uh, Techno, you know? One one of them do the, Techno does the swim because he's swimming well. Um, powerful pensioner does the bike, and then techno does the run. I mean, can you can you see him battling through 13 miles, running <laughs> up a bit of the Muir?
0: <laughs> I must say that challenge, Geretsbergen, is an awesome race. But I don't think I can do two half Ironmans back to back. Come this. do it,
1: mate. Ten ten thirty start. Ten thirty eleven a.m. start.
0: Yeah, that's that's all all good. But the next week, the week after that is like a half distance in uh, uh, in the Netherlands. So it's like two in one week.
1: And Look, I'm not even power, a pensioner. pensioner. If powerful yeah. pensioner can do it, I'm sure you can do it. Uh,
0: I don't. I don't think I've got the base, but I'll think about it. It is a good race, though. It's a nice race. I might do it. Um, keeping my options open. Anyway, shall we start off with your Ibiza race, Ibiza? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's the law of the week. I've, I'm a bit sick, as you can hear. <coughs> bit sick. I don't know if it's Rona, but short, literally everything that, that would have been Corona on the list, I've got it. Just not the uh, the fever.
1: I mean, how many boosts have you had now? You've had like six boosters, haven't you? Twelve. Twelve, yeah. <laughs> like, weren't, weren't they paying you? Like, people, are there people paying you to take them for them?
0: <laughs> no, shut so. up. I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a booster. That was EPO.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on the Zane Robertson one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Anyway, I could joke around. I could joke around and say stuff like that, mate. Because after my race on Sunday, I've got no fear of getting the testers going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, people can have a little look at my Strava, and then they'll they'll, they'll believe me. Anyway, um, let's start off with the uh, the Ibiza race. The swim. Take us with you to the start the line.
1: Swim. So I was. Uh, I had some caffeine before the start, and my heart rate was absolutely pumping, mate. Like I I looked at my watch because I could feel it, but I don't know if it was just the caffeine or what, because I only had two hundred milligrams. My heart rate was like ninety five hundred, mate. Like literally, just standing there, it was crazy. Um, but anyway, um, because of the nerves, I'm, it might have been as well. But I, I ran it. I practiced the runs into the into the uh, ocean loads of times because um, I knew that that's a good way to get like to steal a few meters on people. And I've generally in the past I've been really good at starts like that. Um, and they all went really well in training before. Then race day, I took like literally when the gun went. I went to run in and I just, I don't know if I slipped, tripped or whatever, but I literally fell over on the fucking floor Um, and then got back up and everyone's in the water already. And then I had to like jump in and, you know, you're already on the back foot then, aren't you? Like everyone's swimming away. And uh, I probably got to have been 10 meters literally at the first boy, first turn boy, which is 600 meters out. So it was a decent bit we'd done. I think I was about 10, 15 meters, something like that behind the big group, which ended up getting out the water three minutes, something down. I was on someone's feet, and I thought he was going to close the gap because he was swimming quite well, and I should have just sprinted at that point because I could have got onto the back of that group mm-hmm. and in hindsight, that's what I should have done because I actually felt pretty good on his feet and i I could have given it a little boost, you know mm-hmm. um and even if I didn't make it, he might have then come around me a bit afterwards and then finally closed it up um so that put me on the back foot because then, in the end, I end up leading the group, and then I end up pulling away from him at one point and then. They pulled back to me when we took the last like 100 metres basically in. They kind of almost got back onto me. I think I'd probably about 10 metres on them. Um, But that's the worst place you can be, isn't it? If you're leading the swim, unless you're in like the front of the swim, you know, the first swimmer. If you're not in the first swimmer, you never want to be leading it.
0: I know, man. I have been leading the swims since day one. The only thing, only time when I haven't led a swim was in Almere, Mr. 54, hello. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, th- the conclusion of that would be you never want to lead a swim. Do you end
1: up leading the swims then in the packs that you end up getting in? You end up being on the front of them?
0: I, I end up leading them, but I also end up being the last person. I'm always solo, flipping free willy. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but it's it's a trick to be on someone's feet. And then Or... Or to know if, if the feet are the right feet, but you can't really, when swimming, you can't really ask them what, what pace do you want to swim?
1: No, you know? no. It's just, yeah. When it goes. And you just you get, get on them and you just hope they swim fast enough. Yeah. So yeah, that was yeah. annoying. That was really frustrating having that. That was like that. And that basically summed up my day. The trip at the start of the swim summed up how my day went. Like it started off and I just, it went down through the floor.
0: I saw a video um, of that today of you falling down.
1: Did you? Yeah. Where was that on?
0: I think Josh Amber's story. Oh, really? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. That's uh, that was that was probably me then. Yeah, and uh, so y- y- when you're trying to swim through people, like you know, you might get you get blocked off, don't you? So it's, mm-hmm. it's not that easy to swim through. I mean, obviously, if I was a quick swimmer, if I was like Josh or someone, it wouldn't have been a problem because you've got the ability to, you know, just swim at your own threshold pace, and you're gonna easily swim back up. It's it's, it's minor details whereas when you're like me like you know you need it to go well to get in the uh, feet of the I, pack you know I was thinking
0: about that today like if you're leading a swim how exciting it must be to like exit the water because all the volunteers are there and everyone's there with the fresh energy they haven't wasted any cheer on anyone you're the first one receiving all the energy because I you know saw what? a video of, of of a of a first who was the first out of the water i think it was something like uh, Uh, was uh carl smith elister brown the aaron royal they're coming out of the water and everyone's like oh yeah let's go but when i'm coming out of the water everyone has already been cheering for like 12 to 15 minutes so like the energy is gone mate
1: (laughs) yeah you know what when i did switzerland that time yeah and i was in the lead group i was so tempted to sprint the last 100 meters in just to say that i've led the swim out because i felt pretty good in the pack and i was like in my head i was like fuck it. Should I just do it? Should I just do it? So I can say I've led a swim and just see what it feels like. Yeah. And I didn't do it, but I wish <laughs> I had off now just to see what it would have felt like. But you know, like running that. out of the
0: swim, then coming out of the transition. That must give such a nice boost. Doesn't it? If I would get, if I could have one, one skill, it would be a front back swim skill. I think it's sexy. You're
1: not far off it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but go on. All right. Swim was pretty terrible. You're coming into transition, getting that wet, wet suit off.
1: Yeah got the wetsuit off got everything sorted got out and then on the bike i actually felt all right on the bike to be fair like the bike didn't my power was not too bad um numbers uh, we want
0: to hear numbers joe i'm a numbers guy
1: so like 309 watts i think it was i just showed you showed you didn't i mm-hmm. is that what it was average 327 normalized for two hours 50 so pretty fairly so, pretty solid um was right it's quite a hilly course there was 1400 meters of climbing in 120k so but is know, it technical
0: were, hilly or is it like rolling hilly or
1: rolling hilly so like the big when i had them on the garmin it tells you like when you come up to the climbs the length and the and the gradient mm-hmm. and, and pretty much all the climbs were about 1.6k and they gained 60 to 70 meters all right something like that so they were about four percent five percent gradient, something like that 70 meter climbs so not really too bad, nice. actually yeah no really nice like five percent gradient basically the climbs were um and then there was obviously some more rolling ones where you could take at speed, you know. They weren't it wasn't a really technical course, but it was a nice, it was nice technical where if you had the ability in the balls, you could take most, pretty much all the corners in the TT bars mm-hmm. and you didn't have to break. But it was almost at the point where you weren't sure. And obviously, if there were some age groups on the second lap there, you couldn't because it would have been too risky, you know, just in case they switched you, you wouldn't have anywhere to to move. Yeah. Um so it was quite a flowing course. And then on some of the da- descent, you could get your speed up really high ease off you know on the power like keep aero and get a bit of recovery like that so it was it was quite good um there was one really boring bit where we went onto the course of what the pto used which was like downhill on a main road really boring probably for about four or five k and then you turned and then you had about 10k on the road in the other direction back to transition that was a bit like boring uh, but the rest of the course was great. You would have absolutely loved it. Like it would have been, per- it would have been p- perfect for you. Like you would have thought it was brilliant. Um, would you say the yeah, course would have sued you? Yeah, I would say it's pretty good. Yeah. I'd say it's a pretty good course. Um, it, like, and my power was pretty good. Like for me, what I would have hoped for, you know, I mean, obviously the average wasn't great, but like, you're never going to get a good average when it's on a hilly course. Cause mm-hmm. your aim is to like hold the highest speed, isn't it? Not like the highest power. So on the descent, you're trying to just keep the speed and actually ease off the power and use it as recovery.
0: What about racing with the first time with the uh, Race Ranger technology?
1: Race Ranger is really good. I actually thought I was going to get a penalty at one point because I closed up to the guy that I was riding with.
0: For people that don't know what it is, Race Ranger is like this device. Um, If an organization works with it, um, the pros need to put it on their bike and then you can see what the distance is to the person in front of you and it will like blink if you're too close.
1: Well, it blinks all at different distances. So, like, it's like there's no light. And then once Mm -hmm. you go, like, 16 meters, I think it is, uh, to the guy in front, it went blue. No, it went yellow. And then once you got to, like, 14 meters to 12 meters, it was uh, yellow. No, sorry. It went yellow from 16 to 14, blue from 14 to 12. And then if it flashes red, it's basically saying you're cheating fuck. Um, and it's mm-hmm. going mental, like constantly flashing red lights. So if any marshal sees it flashing red lights and they know that you're in the 12 meter draft zone, but they can't uh, get a
0: notification.
1: No, don't get a notification, but it's so easy to see though. So they can see it. All right. So if they're there with you, like on a bike, they can see the lights flashing. So one time I was like too close to the guy in front. It's flashing red. Cause obviously you go down a hill and you start climbing all of a sudden the gap gets smaller and the marshal was there and he was blowing his whistle. And I thought, Oh, flipping heck, I've just got like a five minute penalty. No, he didn't show me a card, thankfully. Um, but he wrote my name down. Don't know what he did with it. So I was luckily I didn't I didn't get one. But I thought I was I thought I was going to get I thought I was going to get penalties because it's quite hard to actually keep the actual distance. But it is really good. It makes it a lot fairer. Like you could see people were all keeping a much bigger distance than you know when you go to some of the Ironman races and you're seeing it and you see the pack and they're literally like six meters, seven meters. Yeah. Uh, some people, you can't do that with race ranger because it's just going mental, shining red. And when you've got the marshals there, they can see it clear as day. They know 100%. It's in,
0: in some races, especially in Spain, without the race ranger, it looks like that some people are riding a tandem.
1: Oh, yeah. like So that's why I think some people got dropped in this one because they just couldn't get away with drafting, you know, and then they end up getting spat. And then obviously time goes up loads because if you've got a marshal or two marshals with your group, he might allow one or two of them like he might give you the benefit of the doubt because mm-hmm. sometimes you can't help it if it closes up. But if he sees you riding there for like, you know, two minutes or something, you know, and it's just stayed red the whole time, he's going to give you a penalty.
0: Yeah. All but right.
1: it looks like the racing was a lot fairer in general because people knew whether or not they were actually but going to Coming close. off the bike,
0: you had quite a um, a big uh, deficit.
1: Yeah, coming off the bike, I was way further down than what I would, uh, would have liked to have been. Uh, I probably rode about the same roughly pace as the group in front, which was the big chase group um and the best position from that group i think someone ended up running themselves up to second Mm -hmm. uh, and third so potentially if you had good run legs on the day your podium would have been on the cards um maybe not the win i don't know what i can't remember what i don't know what pace the winner ended up running in the end or whatever but i had terrible legs well just terrible not even terrible legs like my, my legs didn't feel bad it was just like my body just felt horrendous like um and i actually eased it off for the last seven or eight minutes coming into transition because it was all downhill to save them you know so i was barely pedaling really you know trying to make sure that my legs felt good you know doing some easy spinning so that when i started the run i felt really good but mm-hmm. it was just um one of them days where i felt really sick for like 12 13 kilometers, like i was going to throw up uh, i don't no idea why i have i've no idea mate like i <laughs> 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 like, you don't even want to I don't even want to say whether or not it was or not because I like I, you hear it from loads of people don't you but I don't know what it was but like, felt like, <laughs> like like normally my guts are fine so I don't know but uh I felt like that and I couldn't even I couldn't stomach like taking any more energy and then um the and then my body just felt like you know when you just hit a red line and you just mm-hmm. can't push the pace you know I was just running so flipping slow. But I didn't feel like I could go any harder. Mate, I've like, got that in, in got, a lot
0: of races. But um, it, it, stress, mate. It could be something like stress. My heart rate
1: was so high. My heart rate was so high on the run, mate. 146 beats average or 100, maybe 148, something like that, for, for four minutes and three per kilometer. That's like – I looked at a session that I did off the bike yeah. in perspective. I did one, one of my key sessions for Texas. I did a 103-mile bike ride with some intervals, mm-hmm. and then I did – 3 by 5k off the bike with 1k easy and say 1k easy the 1k easy was quicker than my average pace for this flipping race um heart like 5 minutes 40 per mile 330 something kilometer pace and my heart rate was lower for the whole session than what it was running 630 so 50 seconds a mile
0: man it could be right. like a virus or it could be a stress um i i i i i think it's stress but um I, I know what you're like when you have to postpone a session or or when, when something uh, comes out of, uh, in like, in your way. Um, and, yeah, when you have a little kid, that's uh, something that you can't really, uh, well, it happens. It, it happens. Yeah. And I think uh, for your body to accept it and... and
1: uh, but I think the most disappointing thing was, I was, in my head, I was expecting to have a good result because the training had gone so well. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if yeah. the training hadn't gone well then and it happened then at least then i could have put it to like oh well i didn't think i was in good shape anyway Mm -hmm. but i actually thought i was going in there you know with uh, going for a good result
0: um yeah and and a percent here and a percent there um can make a massive difference on uh on race day or uh whatever but um mate on to the next one
1: on to the next one yeah
0: did you go to the um did you go to the party on Sunday? I didn't even
1: bother going to the party, mate. I was so disappointed, and I, I, hadn't I booked a flight back. Yeah, I just booked a flight back that night, and I was yeah. back home at three a.m. in the yeah. morning. Like, like I was like, I'm just, wanna, out of
0: I'm getting home to my baby and, yeah. and wife. Yeah. What, what about what about next then? Do you do you just get wake up tomorrow and uh, go back to training? What's your uh, what, what what lights your fire for now? Uh, now?
1: I'm gonna take a few days. I'm just gonna take. I'm gonna do a little bit of training until like <coughs> maybe like thursday kind of time and then do a little bit more friday and the weekend but i'm just gonna see how i feel you know Mm -hmm. like because i uh i don't know if i did have something or not but like i went to go for an easy run today but just with the dogs you know like just Mm -hmm. to kind of get out and run i did feel my legs did i I, well not my legs my legs actually haven't got any muscle on us but i did feel a bit uh fatigued so i'm just gonna take it easy this week and then get back into it properly on monday on monday um
0: and then you're thinking about doing um Gerard Smear and then Challenge Roth,
1: right? Gerard Bergen, yeah. Challenge Gerards- Gerards- Bergen. Oh, 11, Eleven for June. Yeah, yeah. I love that race. That's my that's my favorite race on the circuit. That is. All
0: right. <laughs> um, what else did I wanted to say? Oh yeah. Um, do you find it uh, so? This year has been a, has been a different year already. Anyway, do you miss training camps?
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah, I like I I do. Yeah, like I, they've been good fun. And uh, I definitely want to go on one in August. Like I want to go to Font mm-hmm. Like that's definitely on the on the cards. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: What about um, Tommy Boy coming over to the UK then?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Like if you if you fancy it, like that would be yeah. good to have. Uh, I mean, I can someone. hear
0: I can hear someone screaming in the background already. Um, <laughs>
1: that's <clears throat> upstairs, that is, so I can hear it now. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. <laughs> um, I, if you would say Tommy, I need some company with my training. I need someone to help me step up another level. I could come the end of May.
1: Yeah. Well, that would be good. If you fancy it for a week, like you can even sleep in the altitude tent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to save the games for later. Um, <laughs> Don't exhaust all your games straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Let's uh, chat real quick about the PTO race in Ibiza.
1: That was really good to actually see. Um, that I would say about the course though, the bike course they used was absolutely flipping dire. Like it was just out and backs along a main road. Yeah. Had yeah. car. Did you what you yeah, you commentated I did on the it, so it, yeah. yeah. Like so you saw the cars on the side of the road. Yeah. It was just a really shit course. They would have been so much better doing like the course that we had, which mm-hmm. was actually like nice technical roads, like climbs and stuff. That would have and it would have looked so much better. Um their run course as a spectator when you're there was pretty good because it was only like two and a half K a lap. And mm-hmm. in some bits you could see him come past twice. So every like four or five minutes you were seeing him because it was quite an exciting race, like where it went down to the wire. That was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um and I actually thought Alistair was gonna win. Like five K's into the race, he looked great, like had decent lead. Thought he's gonna he's gonna do this, you know, just mm-hmm. looked like he was running so strong. Yeah. Looked good as well. And then all of a sudden, within the space of about two or three kilometres, it completely changed. And I thought, bloody hell, like, you know. You didn't see that come, but what I would say is, everyone looked fucked. Like yeah. one that was racing from five to seven k's into the run looked like they were on the limit. You know
0: who? Um, who's your uh, hero of the day in the men's field and in the women's field?
1: Well, it had to be Max Newman, didn't it? Like you know, because I don't think anyone really picked him as a podium or a top five really in that race, did they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then to come out, and then at one point he was losing the lead, and then for the last four or five k. Managed to just keep it pegged at like 30 seconds, you know. Really like dug in to do that. I think like massive breakthrough win, isn't it? To win a race of that caliber against that field, yeah, that has to be it. And he played it quite well all day, you know. Like swam at the front, <clears throat> was in the right move at the front of the race yeah. when uh, Alistair and Magnus went off the front, and then just had the legs on the run. And he didn't go too hard at the start when like Alistair and Carl smith went off at the front yeah he was at, i think he was actually behind magnus so he kind of just run it at his own pace run it smart and then came through when he needed to and then held on like tactically it was like pretty much spot on really yeah like how he raced it
0: yeah what about um janice fredino at the age of 41 almost 42 still in the mix coming in fourth after like haven't been off racing really since well if roth counts uh, last year yeah like, 620 days or something
1: is that what it was 620 days if, if we years. don't
0: count rough where he didn't bloody
1: hell i think that was really good to see and <clears> i reckon <throat> that he'll be stronger in the next race because he knows what he did in this race what his numbers are and like you need to do a few races to kind of get into like you get better don't you, you know you get into like race shape when you do a few so it i is, think
0: it is impressive right to be on uh, on the top stage since 2008 and to keep the consistency and focus and determination to to uh, be in the mix with the best in the world because i don't think he needs to do it for money anymore so it's like pure passion for him uh he's got kids as well um and no one really expected anything really of him of a comeback or or a uh, one people want him to win the race or whatever. I don't think anyone expects any more of him for a validation of his status, but uh, yeah, then to come in fourth in this field. And what, what was the deficit like two and a half minutes, something like that? Two minutes
1: is that what it was? Two minutes,
0: uh, something like that. I don't know, but it's pretty impressive, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was impressive. Um, definitely. And he was he went out with uh, Christian as well, like they're running. <laughs> head to head, you know, out of um, Mm transition. And I think for a good four or five K, they're running next to each other. Um, Yeah, I mean, that is very impressive at like in his forties to be doing that. And um, I think he'll be, like I said, I think he'll be a bit stronger in the next one. If his bike was a bit quicker and he got off the bike with um, Alistair, could have been very interesting, you know, because if he's running at the front, maybe he has a little bit more extra in his, um, you know, that he can push it to try and hang on. Um, Dev said it was
0: two minutes, 15.
1: So if he'd have got off the bike with Alistair, he'd have had about a minute 20, wouldn't he, starting the run? Exactly. Something yeah. like that, minute 30. So that comes down to 40 seconds then at the end.
0: It's crazy.
1: And 40. Jason West, if Jason West can could bike, yeah. he would be fucking deadly. deadly. 3.07 yeah. per kilometre on his Strava was what he ran. Five-minute marlin for 18K off the bike. With that is impressive, isn't it? As well. Yeah, had hairpins as well on the course. Like, so constantly where you had to like slow down and go around them. So, pretty much he's running like 450, you know, sevens, 458s for most, well, probably 458s because per mile because he's losing time on the hairpins. I mean, that's just nuts. Like, absolutely yeah. crazy. Yeah. Rudy, Rudy Von Berg told me he got off the bike with him and they started the run together and Jason West lapped him and lapped 3K. So, he, like, on the run. Yeah. That was what he said.
0: Yeah, that is good going. That is good going. What about the women's field? Who did you who did you who did surprise you? Oh, who's your, uh, who surprised who's your me? hero? Who's your hero?
1: Uh well Anne Haug's run was bloody impressive, wasn't it? Like I yeah. think only 12 men ran quicker than yeah. how I heard, something like that. So that's pretty impressive. And she actually did surprise me because I thought she was gonna lose a lot of time on the bike. Mm-hmm. And then have to do a good run to run away into contention. But she actually had, I think, the third fastest bike split of the day. Yeah. And I didn't see that. I didn't see that coming. I I thought she was going to be biking with like Tamara Jewett, mm-hmm. and maybe they would like run up together. But Anne Hauge's bike was really impressive. And then with her run, you kind of knew starting the run it was going to be between her and Ashley Gentle, um, as to who would come out on top. But I didn't expect Anne Howe to run that much quicker than Three minutes you know, the top quicker. girls yeah that's just that's not
0: it's that's absolutely nuts. crazy it looked like she was shifting gears like uh damn when
1: well, i've been on training camps with you and i've seen you on the track and when you were doing that session with uh taylor spivey and you were doing the tempos mate you looked like you were shifting gears that day
0: i know that was only 600 meters wasn't it <laughs> was it i thought it
1: was six minutes when it was six minutes, you <laughs> six, sport, minutes six minutes, six like minutes that. and you were shifting gears mate you were revving up <laughs>
0: but uh um yeah, but that is impressive. She's also forty years old. Is this maybe the era of is the it? pensioners? I I wouldn't want to call pensioners. I a told pensioner, you, mate. But, I uh, told
1: you, mate. She's
0: forty, Jan call- yeah, forty-two. We've got the uh we've got the pensioner who is sixty-eight, world champion. The pen-
1: the pensioner just does short course though, mate. He's a sprint athlete. Mm-hmm. As you get older, he drops down the he drops down the races. He's doing draft legal sprint racing. Yeah. That was what he was in nuts. on his race.
0: What what do you think of uh, of Bloomy then? Did you think he was going to win the race?
1: Uh, I thought it was going to be tough because I actually thought Alistair was going to win it when he was on the run with a minute and a half lead because he looked so good. Then it started to change and you thought, oh, it looks like it's going to be Christian. But I know it sounds bad. I actually was thinking I wanted someone else to win it, not because I don't like Christian, but because... I wanted to have a bit of a rivalry with the Norwegians. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, it is it is good for the sport to mix it up sometimes. Someone to build some hype around. So there's like a bit of a battle, you know, a bit Mm -hmm. of a rivalry. Yeah. Um, But I didn't see Max hanging on. Like we all thought, all the people we were standing with when we saw Alastair fall back and the others, and then how uh, Christian coming along and he got it down to like under a minute. We were like, oh, it looks like it's going to be Christians. But then it, it was just like Max just wasn't really losing much time and then as it went on last like 6k it was only then when people thought actually max could fucking do this like he could actually win this you know and then you're watching it and then it was like 30 seconds with like 4k to go and everyone was like oh christian's probably going to take 30 seconds out of him and it went down to 23 seconds i think in the space of about a kilometer or so and everyone was like oh yeah christian's got this and then it went back up to 30 yeah and we're like oh bloody hell like it could go either way. Who knows what's going to happen? And they both look like they're on the limit. I mean, Mm -hmm. Max looked like he was like really putting a lot of effort in and properly in the zone. I mean, Christian always looks like he's pushing. But that is, that is, that is just,
0: um, um, when you're already running fast and then when you can like shift another gear in order to like overtake someone or, or you want to bridge up to someone that is the difference between, um, a top professional, and, uh, I don't know, a professional or a hobbyist. <laughs> like, I find I find that something really impressive.
1: You would have loved to watch it in real life. Like, it was really good to watch it in real Maybe, life. I definitely. had four
0: screens. I had four screens to watch it on.
1: Yeah, but you were just watching interviews with people's husbands and wives and that, stuff like that. That, that. that really annoyed <laughs> me. So I was doing the commentary
0: on Eurosports. Um, and they don't really do the um, the footage. They only do, like, the commentary underneath it. And then pTO mm-hmm. provides the uh, the footage. So first of all, the footage was quite good. I must say the um, um how they did it, also the timing splits and everything compared to like the first two races, uh, massive, massive improved. Why was um, it
1: improved? Did you just get more timing <clears throat> splits? Then what was? Yeah, we had
0: it? like constant timing splits. We could see actual um, and estimated times and differences. Like we could see a, a lot of times.
1: Like, but you could see estimated finish times,
0: And estimated run splits, uh, average run splits, um, like a lot.
1: So when you were seeing the estimated split, was it saying that Christian was going to win it at some point? Then no, no, no. I,
0: I could, I could like calculate that he just came something like fifteen seconds short in in the last like eight k, seven k.
1: Really? So you knew it was going to come down to like the last 10, 15, you know, it could be 10, 15 seconds. Yeah, exactly. 20.
0: Or or he had to shift another gear. Yeah. So, yeah. You, um, But yeah, we had a lot of data. So we had a load to uh, to talk with. But one thing what really annoyed me is that they, and with all respect, all the interviews that we're doing with like relatives and husbands and, and wives, and I'm thinking like, why? Like do so for example, you're in a race and they would interview me as a friend, like, Oh, how do you think Joe is feeling? And what's his goal for the race? No one fucking cares. You're out there yeah. on the course and yeah. it's what you do on the day. And what you put on the line is what's happening. So for example, <clears throat> this one time, all the guys were coming into transition and we were listening to some interview. How do you think he's feeling? How did his training go? Yeah, we don't care. We want to, we want to watch the, the splits at some point. I think Ann Hauck was overtaking Ashley Gentle and someone else. We didn't see it because all the people on TV didn't see it because there was an interview about like a family member. I'm thinking
1: Seriously. Yeah, yeah. You didn't see it when you multiple
0: important occasions were being covered by interviews. And in the end, when you're watching Formula One and max verstappen is in the lead and like over is in like second place and is overtaking hamilton for example you wouldn't see someone interviewing his girlfriend like oh what was he on the weekend like how did his training go we don't care we want to watch the race we want to see what lepi's on if want to he's see it for real. Tires. we want to see it for real yeah and then afterwards when the whole race is finished we can ask him like uh, how was he blah 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 but um yeah you Didn't never they see this
1: on the men's bit when like uh, the group of four at the front uh, broke away from like the first first pack didn't they miss that because they yeah. were showing the women coming out the water, like the back markers and stuff and going into transition yeah, and all yeah. that. That is just crazy. I don't, I don't know why they put the races so close together. Cause it doesn't do either of them justice. It's like, you mm-hmm. want to watch the full men's and yeah. you want to watch the full women's, but if you have them overlapping, you're going to miss decent bits of both Yeah, races. but I think that's
0: got to do probably with um, uh, money. So uh, the amount of what, hours, what money would it- well, the amount of hours that you would buy from Eurosports to have coverage, for example. All right. Maybe maybe two more hours of broadcasting would cost another twenty million. I don't know. All right. Is that worth seeing a little transition of Jody at the back of the swim? I don't know.
1: No. Would they not like? (laughs) Would would Eurosport not pay them to have that on the TV? No, that's not. Why would they pay Eurosport then?
0: I think you need to pay uh, a broadcasting channel for uh, to be to be viewed as a sport.
1: But surely a cyclone doesn't pay Eurosport to have the cycling on.
0: I I bet they do. Really? Yeah, I think so.
1: I thought the TV. I thought and like then the brands Eurosport would pay. pay like, them.
0: I don't know, but I I definitely think the PTO needs to pay Eurosports to be on television. I don't think they'll be like, oh yeah, triathlon, go on. Because we could, we could, we could make up some sport, and then just like, would you, would you want to broadcast it? I think. Yeah, you, I guess
1: you got to sell it to them, though, haven't you? Like that it's going to be entertaining; they're going to get people watching. Because I thought that you, they would pay you, and then they would make the money from people watching Eurosport and then watching all the adverts that they put on there and stuff.
0: Um, I think they also, uh, I think you also need to to pay as a sport to be on Eurosport. But I don't know. Maybe, sure. maybe if someone has got insider knowledge of this. Maybe if you're maybe cycling has proved themselves to be uh, commercial worthy, but I don't think a yeah. traveling is there yet um and yeah, apart from that commentary uh, was great, like I think the um and the uh how do you call it broadcasting was great, yeah,
1: but you didn't piss too many people off shit talking other athletes, did you no not really no, You were keeping a positive positive frame of mind,
0: of course, I'm a nice guy, I want to come back to your sports and do it again <laughs> 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 um. Have you got any other stories of the weekend?
1: Um, any other stories? Oh, not really. No, no one really had uh, any stories. I was I was trying to speak to people, see uh, if they had anything. Uh, uh, you know, if there was anything interesting, any gossip and stuff like that. But didn't really hear much, to be honest. It's all sort. Uh, it was all, all pretty, uh, pretty quiet, to be honest.
0: I saw a little Instagram video of you and Janice Ferdino about going to Pasha on Sunday. Did he go? Yeah.
1: Probably he probably did. Yeah, uh, he he seems like the kind of guy that would go to classic Janus,
0: classic Janus, classic Jan.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <All> <laughs> hopefully right. he had a good night. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um all righty, mate. Um, we haven't got a bullshit buster or uh, whatsoever.
1: What about your bullshit buster? The leg thing? What you said about?
0: Yeah, but it's an old video. I don't even know what the video is. Can you just
1: uh, tell us about this leg thing?
0: Uh, it's a bit too much bullshit, isn't it?
1: It's too, it's too bullshit for the bullshit it's buster. too much bullshit
0: um, let's just uh, cut the episode here 40 minutes um, thanks for li- listening everyone we'll see you back next week um, and also next week there will be a new episode of strength training with Katie and Tom and Travel and Mockery College um, yeah Joe uh, don't be too hard on yourself uh, enjoy some days off with you Arabelle and the missus and then uh, I'll be seeing you virtually next week, and then I'll book my tickets for uh, for Norwich.
1: See you later, mate. All right,
0: see you.